Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick DeLion with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today, the oil merchants are out of the Champions League. It is done. PSG are gone. They ended it in epic fashion, a collapse we haven't seen since they collapsed again two, three years ago. Uh, Real Madrid are through. Chelsea are facing so many sanctions, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Premier League title race. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Nick, how are you doing today? Lucas, I feel great. I have not felt this great after a Champions League, you know, round in a in a long time. So we we flipped the switch on on you guys. Uh, usually every week, Nick asks me how I'm doing, but after the Champions League matchup this week, which we will get into, of Real Madrid and PSG. Our resident Real Madrid fan uh, is very excited, so I had to flip the switch and ask him how he's doing. Can I can I set the scene for for this? Okay, so um, with everything going on, right, with Real Madrid and PSG, uh, in you know in the pre-match discussions and everything, everyone was talking about oh, like if PSG go through, maybe Mbappe should stay. We foresee, you know, PSG being better than Real Madrid and having a higher chance of winning the Champions League than Real Madrid over the next few years. Uh, you know, you've had like comments like that, comments, pe- people thinking that, you know, it was over after one nothing uh, game a couple weeks ago where there was only like one crazy moment of brilliance. I would say over the course of the first leg and even halfway through the second leg that PSG was probably the best team for, you know, 135 to 160 minutes of the, of the fixture. Right. Lucas, would you agree with that? So, so what we end up seeing is a collapse of epic proportions, epic proportions. Not only does Benzema score a hat trick to put Real Madrid through uh, 3-2 on aggregate, right? But Donnarumma makes, like, a horrible error, like, carious levels of bad error, right? And as soon as that goal was let in, as soon as he made that horrible mistake, you know, and Vinicius gave it to to Benzema to score, I just felt like the result was going to go Real Madrid's way, no matter what ended up happening, right? They were down 2-1 still on aggregate, but... Real Madrid uh, ends up scoring again, right, because of Marquinhos, literally giving the assist to Benzema, and then finally scoring one other time with the hat-trick two minutes later after they had already scored, right? So, I mean, you have so many so many things going on. I don't know if the Marquinhos uh, goal, I can't remember. I believe it was the Madrid's counterattack first, and then the Marquinhos mistake, but I can't, I can't re- remember, really. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. The Modric counterattack first, and then the Marquinhos mistake. Yeah, like I ha- Madrid, Modric is like 35. I have never seen, I haven't seen him run like that in like a long time, and that was a crazy run. And they just let him cut through the midfield like that. I mean, he's been in in really good form this season, but yeah. for him to carry it the the ball like that, the way he did, it was just it was just incredible. So Madrid goes through, right? The collapse for PSG does not end there. That is the best part. The owner. And Leonardo go down to find where the ref's room is. They can't find it. They see like a Real Madrid employee recording 
uh, <laughs> recording them freaking out, and the president of PSG slaps the phone out of the Real Madrid employee's hand. Then they also, I believe they end up eventually finding the referee room, right, and then damaging some referee's equipment and then leaving. And so UEFA is uh, looking for sanctions and investigating the matters that PSG uh, did after the game. You know, there was allegations that Neymar and Donnarumma got into an argument, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, we're going to go, I'm going to go into detail on the match, Lucas, but I just want to get your thoughts on how unbelievable this is. This is definitely not worse than the 6-1 game at Barcelona, right? But this is, this is, in my opinion, probably second. Yes, it is second. Um, but I, I want to take us back to three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, after the first like, you, my friends, were very nervous at that time. I was, yeah. Were. Then we recorded the podcast, and I told you, listen, it's only one goal. You guys conceded one goal against Real, uh, against PSG away. That's not the end of the world. Uh, and then fast forward three weeks to right before the game, the morning of, I text you. I'm like, you nervous for today? Nick texts me, not at all. <laughs> so that's how you know, like, he was so confident in the team and also – PSG had had bad form. They lost to Nice over the weekend, uh, and then they just that blunder. But I mean, I guess we can go straight into the game if you want to talk about the highlights and how the game went. The first half, it looked like PSG were in control. Yeah, hundred percent looked like PSG were in control. Uh, Mbappe with the beautiful goal. He actually had a second goal, but it was called off for offside. If that had gone. Offsides goals, right? Two offsides goals. Yes, correct. Uh, I mean, if those any other day, the guys would be onside, and then Real Madrid would be in the mud. But one nothing still at halftime. So at this point, it is a two nil uh, leg for PSG going into halftime. Second half, that Donnarumma blunder changed the entire game, and I saw something where. I saw Benzema is the best pressuring striker in the world. He has scored so many goals just by pressuring the goalkeeper. In the Champions League final against Liverpool a few years ago, Karius, the goalie that you mentioned, literally threw it to Benzema because Benzema was pressuring. Like, he's constantly making the goalie feel under pressure, and that's what happened here. Uh Donnarumma thought it would be a foul, not a foul any day of the week. Uh, and then Vinny got the ball, passed it off to Benzema, match on. Yeah. Then, we go, then we go on to that amazing run by Modric. I have never seen anything like that from him in a long time, probably since the 2018 World Cup where he bossed that World Cup. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. It, it was the Benzema show for sure, but you had to call out. Modric, Vinny, Vinicius Jr. had a lot of good opportunities where uh, Donnarumma made some big saves in the first half. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, uh, you know, I texted you, right, that Messi was non-existent. I mean, he had good, two good, like, movements and plays uh, in the first half, and then we, we basically never heard from him uh, again, right? And yeah. I think uh, a lot of... 
what contributed to PSG's collapse, obviously, was just the discrepancy in domination in the midfield, right? You had Valverde, you had Cruz, you had uh, Modric, and then when when Camavinga came on, that really changed the game more in, in Real Madrid's favor. Uh, so, so, and then I believe Cruz was also injured uh, prior to the game, like he was playing hurt. So, I mean, when you when you put Camavinga in, and like the way that they bossed the midfield, right? The, the lack of non-pressing by Neymar, by Mbappe, by Messi as well contributed to Real Madrid having the, uh, the chances that they did, right? As soon as the ball was lost in Real Madrid's half, there's no pressing by, done by the forwards, which means that the ball movement from defense to midfield to, you know, Vinicius or to Rodrigo uh, when he came on, right? So... So for that to occur, it happened relatively quickly, which led to the quick breaks and help contribute to the two other goals that they scored besides Donnarumma's error. The, yeah. the, the one thing I want to say here, too, uh, is I feel like in this situation, PSG's culture and uh, mentality definitely contributed to this loss 100%, not, not only in the sense of collapses, right, but the fact that the players are – the level of stars that they are, you know, who you you know if you're up one nothing, right? Two nothing on aggregate. The smart decision is to remove one of your attackers and to to play another midfielder essentially, especially when you have an obvious disadvantage in the midfield. You get an extra body in there, helps you maintain some control. Who of those three, right, can can Pochettino substitute off where it won't be uh, issue in the dressing room, right? He doesn't have the balls and he doesn't have the credibility to make those substitutions and to stick by it. And so I think that also contributed to PSG losing. You know, if if anyone had to be subbed off, in my opinion, I think Mbappe was clearly the best player, offensive player for them, right? Always dangerous with the ball. I mean, Messi or, or Neymar, either of them, if they had gone off, I would have been totally okay with it. But you need to get an extra midfielder in there, in my opinion. And that that also ultimately cost them the grain. There's really, like, so many factors, right? But PSG has a lot of blood on their hands, especially with this result. Yeah, they got outcoached 100%. Oh, my uh, God. T- totally. Like, the substitution patterns that Ancelotti made, right? The position. Venga. Yeah. He bossed the game when he came on for 20 minutes. Yeah, I love Kevin Vinga. Star, total star. Total star already. We're in the making, man. It's uh, Oh, you guys got a good one there. So I mean, good. you guys are going to get another good one next year in the summer. Yeah. Where Mbappe is going to go over to Real Madrid, or that's what it seems like at the moment. Yeah. Uh, after this result, I think it's pretty surefire that Mbappe is going to leave PSG to go go to Real Madrid. But I agree. I, agree. I yeah. mean, I just feel like what it, like there's nothing. There's all right. I'm going to read you. I want to read you the 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 results for for PSG. Right. So they got a uh, for since since the takeover. Right. They made the quarterfinal. I think four years in a row. Then they made the they didn't get out of the round of 16 for three years. Right. Then they made the semifinal, lost to Man City. They lost to Bayern. And then I believe it's round of 16, round of 16, I think, from what I remember. They lost to Bayern in the finals. Yes. Yes, yes, in the finals. So, yeah. so I mean, if, if you just look at that and, and the results, 
uh, it's just it's been a total failure. Every time they lose, it's always a great feeling in football because how they how they build a team is not uh, not the way to go, right? And I just don't think that they'll continue to win, especially with the team that they have, because it's not it's not built to win the Champions League. Yep. Uh, and I mean, are Real Madrid favorites now? We talked about this when the when the fixtures first came out in December. We said Real Madrid uh, betting odds were too low compared to the rest of the teams. Yeah. So. Uh- that was the one I think we both agreed we would pick based on the odds and the value that you would get. Yeah. Because I think they were plus 800 or something like that. I, I still think they're one of the favorites. Um, they have the depth. They have the quality. If everybody can stay healthy, they look dangerous. They yeah. look very dangerous. I mean, look at the teams that also went through, though, this this weekend. They they definitely had... Uh, I mean, their their fixture was the biggest game, right, over the course of two legs. But you have you have Real Madrid, Liverpool, Bayern, and Man City all going through on the same uh, same week. Those are the four favorites, right? Like those are the four top four. If you had to rank them to win, those would be it. it. Yeah. But I just I really think uh, who the matchups are in the draw for the quarterfinal will dictate who wins and and who loses. I think Real Madrid can beat any of those teams. Uh, I just don't know, you know, they could get, if they get like Ajax or Benfica or, you know, like, and United and or United or Atletico or, you know, Juventus, like, or Villarreal, like it doesn't matter to me. You know, I think we both agree if we look forward to the, the upcoming fixtures that, uh, that, you know, like Chelsea will probably win despite everything going on with them. And we, we can segue into that if you'd like. Well, but, no, no, we, uh, let's let's talk about the other fixtures for this week first before we get into uh, Chelsea and the upcoming Champions League fixtures. 100% agree. Yeah, go go for it, Lucas. So, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the four teams that advanced this week, uh, Bayern, dominating fashion after they drew 1-1 with Arvid Salzburg. They put seven past Salzburg this week at home. Uh, Liverpool advanced 2-1 on aggregate, but they, were, they did lose the game 1-0. Uh, with the fluky red card, in in my personal opinion, uh, if that red card wasn't shown, Inter were the mo- more dominant team. Liverpool looked like they could have actually faced extra time. Uh, and yeah, very, very interesting result. But Inter got the win, but Liverpool are advancing. It shows that Liverpool do have their flaws. So yeah. something to keep in mind. Uh, Man City and Sporting draw nil-nil. It was Man City's like, B squad, uh, they they didn't really want to get anybody injured, so they were already up five nil on aggregate. They finished five nil on aggregate. Nothing nothing to point out about there. Uh, and then Real Madrid, as mentioned, that was the talk of the that was the matchup of the week, three uh, one against PSG. So yeah. now we can get into the upcoming fixtures next week. So we'll segue into Chelsea, but Chelsea right now are facing Lille. At the moment, from what we currently have heard, they still have the match. Uh, they are up 2-0 on aggregate, but this is away. This is at Lou. Uh, Juve is at home against Villarreal. Aggregate 1-1. Ajax and Benfica 2-2. Ajax currently at home. And then Man United 1-1 against Atletico Madrid at uh, Man United at home. So, I mean, three of the four games are actually, two, like, draws at the moment 
So anybody's game to who advances. Uh, Going into the Juve and Ajax matchups, my opinion is Juve is going to advance and Ajax is going to advance. We already expect Chelsea to advance against Lou. They have that 2-0 advantage. Um, But before we get into United and Atletico, uh, Nick, are you are we in agreement that those three teams should advance? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't see I don't see Juventus and Ajax are are both at home. Chelsea, despite whatever's going on, still have two goal lead. And I mean, I I get that they're they're away, but I just don't see any situation where they don't get at least like one more goal. You know yeah. what I mean? So so we're we're in total agreement there. And now Man United versus Atletico, one one. Everything to play for. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it can go either way. It depends which Man United show up. If it was the Man United that showed up against Man City last weekend, where they had 8% possession in the last 8 minutes, or last 15 minutes, um, or if it's the Man United that showed up in the first half of that same game, where they were pretty decent against a very difficult Man City side. It it really depends which man Man United show up, but you know what's gonna happen with Atletico. Atletico are gonna be aggressive. They're gonna push the guys. They're gonna pressure you hard. So it's gonna be a gritty matchup. Uh, United currently or gonna be at home, so we really will see what happens. I don't know. I really don't know who to, who to pick or who to win. My gut is telling me United will pull this off because Ronaldo loves scoring against Atletico in the second leg. But my brain is saying United aren't going to do anything and Atletico are going to are going to win one nil. Yeah, I see. I see where you're you're kind of going with that. I mean, I Atletico has just been in really good form as of late, right? And uh, Jao Felix has really picked up his form this year. He's kind of emerging, uh, and like his talent is just, you know, is he's really starting to shine. He really is starting to look like the player that Atletico Madrid thought they were gonna get when they broke their their transfer free record for him, despite him being so young. So, uh, I honestly, unfortunately, I I would like to see Manchester United go through because of because of Ronaldo. Yeah. Because of you know like how much I like loved him as a player. Uh, I mean, listen, like my hatred for Atletico Madrid is more than my hatred for for Manchester United, and so just just based on that, you know, I I would want Manchester United to win, but I just feel like Atletico has been in such good form. Uh, there's so much disarray with Manchester United that I just I see them. I see them exiting partly also because you know if you're if you're a player in the the dressing room right and uh, I forget who made this point on uh, Monday Night Football for Sky Sports but but whoever was whoever it was was just saying that you know you know that the manager that's in that room that dressing room isn't going to be around past this this the end of the season so so your dedication and your desire to actually listen and learn from them and get good results is lessened in that way there are obviously like winners in that club right verone uh ronaldo but i just think that you know this is just me saying in a longabout way that i think atletico madrid will win my my heart says manchester united but my head says atletico madrid yeah same going back to that point though 
about the interim manager, you're a professional footballer. You should try to get better every single day. You should not try to say, oh, this guy's not going to be around. Why do I have to learn from him? You want to get better. You want to be the best. If you don't have that mentality, you have lost already. They, they don't have winner's mentality in Manchester United. You have players who have reached out to Rio Ferdinand, player agents who have reached out to Rio Ferdinand saying, hey, easy up on uh, my player. Don't, don't talk bad about my player. Instead of doing that, have that player go onto the pitch, show them why they should be talked positively instead yeah. of saying the opposite. Like, it's all a mental thing, and they're a bunch of prima donnas. Instead of wanting to go out there and fight and work and just get the results, Roy Keane said it best. They're worried about their hair. They're worried about what, what color boots they're wearing. They're not worried about going in and getting that 50-50 ball, going in, getting that header. It's a complete disarray, and it starts from the top with Harry Maguire being the captain. Starts from him, him not speaking to the players, him not motivating them. It's just a complete disarray. Yeah, and I, I know we want to get into Chelsea here, but I want to play a quick game with you, Lucas. I'm just so so. It's crazy how uh, how a bad season can change your total perception on how you view players. But sometimes that's the case, right? Sometimes clubs need that kind of cleansing. We saw it with uh, Chelsea, Liverpool a few years ago. Uh, Manchester City has done a good job of slowly rotating their players out, but keeping key players so you never see that happening. Tottenham, it's happened with, right? Arsenal, it's happened with, and now it just seems to be Manchester United's turn, right? So I want to go down this list really quickly, and then yep. we'll get to Chelsea here. And I just want you to say in or out, right? In or out, okay? okay. Wait, wait, uh, just like, do I want them in or out of the club? Yeah. Okay. Do you think having them in the club is beneficial for the club, or is Got it better? more beneficial for them to be out okay all right, all right. De, uh, De Gea in Lindelof in Bailey in Phil Jones out Harry Maguire out Paul Pogba in Cristiano Ronaldo out what wow out. we disagree on that okay interesting Juan Mata out uh, Marcus Rashford in. Okay. Greenwood, we'll just assume he's out. He's gone. We're n we won't count him. Uh, Lee Grant, backup goalkeeper, won't count him. Jesse Lingard is going to be out, so we, we won't count him. Fred. In. Bruno Fernandez. In. Verane. In. Yeah. Di Diago Dello. Good rotation player. In. Not a starter. Okay. Cavani's out after this year, right? Okay. Cavani's out. So, and then you have uh, Heaton, we won't count. Luke Shaw. In. Okay. Uh, Sancho, obviously in, right? Yeah, yeah. He's our best player by far this season. Yeah. Henderson. Out. Okay. Uh, Tellez. In. Basaka. Out. Matic. He's older, so out. Okay. Replace uh, him. Alanga is in. I already know your answer. McTominay. Out. Okay. Without counting, right, Greenwood, uh, Lingard, you know, Cavani. Funny. I had five outs. I got eight players. 
eight players that you want out of your squad, right? Wow, eight? Eight players that have played a role this season, right? Except for Phil Jones, but have played a role essentially this season in causing your demise. And then if you're counting, right, Cavani, you're counting Jesse Lingard, you're counting the situation with Mason Greenwood, basically like half your squad needs to get overturned, right? Half your squad. So, I, I mean, I mean, talking about like that mentality, that's the massive mentality change that you need. Right. Yeah. Now, I feel like I, I totally get what you're saying with Ronaldo. I assume I don't think you think it's a mentality thing. I think you think it's a fit in terms of the squad. Right. How the squad plays out, how he plays with Bruno Fernandez. So I totally get that. Yeah. But in a situation where I feel like all the other players are addressed and the squad gets overhauled, I think you could essentially if you look at the end of the summer transfer window, you can see that Ronaldo would be a good fit. But I, I ultimately agree with your your assessment. Uh, even though I'm shocked that you said out, but I agree that he's not a good fit with the squad as presently constituted. And then you also have to think about you're going to get a new manager coming in. For me, preferably Ten Hag. If Ten Hag comes in, he's a younger manager. You want to start fresh. You really want to rebuild around what his philosophy is. So you don't want a 37 year old Ronaldo to be leading the line of a uh, of a manager who's going to revamp everything. Oh, you want to be younger. You want to really develop these players and grow that way. And so a lot of the players that I said are in, yeah. a lot of them are depth squad, in Agreed. my opinion. Agreed. Fred is a great depth player. Uh, Diogo Dallo is a great depth player. I think Shaw has the potential to be a great left back, but... He just needs the motivation to like, and he also needs a good partnership next to him. Yeah, uh, no, he no is a good player. Yada yada yada. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. No one has fallen like no one has summed up Manchester United season better than Luke Shaw as a player. Yeah, right. He comes in. You think he's like one of the best left backs in the world, as he proved over like the the Euros, and then he comes in and he plays horribly, and that reflects with Manchester United. But uh, I, I mean, I agree, right? Like you probably think Tellis should probably get a run of games over him, but just based on form. And also, by the way, we, we I named eight to like eleven essentially. We didn't even count the players on loan, right? We didn't even count Martial, Pereira. I mean, Diallo. I'm sure you. Want in, to Martial yeah. in, Pereira out, uh, Chong out. Um, yeah, there's a lot of players that are on loan, but Martial. Oh, do you, uh, Donny Van de Beek in. Okay. Yes, he would be good. Yes, he would be good. Uh, But yeah, with that being said, I know you want Pogba in, but it seems like he will also leave, which may open up the opportunity for Van de Beek to to play well within Ten Hag's system. Uh, All right, didn't want to hijack too much of your time, Lucas, but I just thought that was a good assessment of Manchester United's current situation. So with that being said, uh, I'll give it to you and we can kick off Chelsea. Chelsea. All right. So as we mentioned, Chelsea and Lille are slated to face off in the Champions League on uh, Wednesday. However, Chelsea at the moment, not Chelsea, Roman Abramovich has a sanction on them where essentially they're capped into what they can possibly do. Because uh, Abramovich has that sanction, Chelsea, the club which he owns, has that sanction as well. Uh, some of the things that the club can't do is they can't sell further se- uh, further tickets. So any season ticket holders or anybody who's purchased a ticket already 
they can uh, vouch for them. Those uh, fans can be in attendance, but they can't sell tickets later on. Uh, they can't get any merchandise sales from uh, their partners. So I, I believe they're Nikes. So Nike will make 100% of the profit from Chelsea uh, Jersey Club sales. Uh, they cannot sell anything in their own merchandise store. Uh, the biggest thing, in my opinion, is actually there's three big things that you want to call out. One, they can't extend any contracts. They can't renew any contracts. They can't adjust any contracts. Two, they can't buy any players. Three, they can only spend a certain amount to travel to away games. So what that means in this particular case for Wednesday's Champions League fixture, Chelsea need to find another way to get to live. Typically, they would take a flight. They would have a good private jet, which would cost upwards of 30,000 uh, pounds. But there's a max limit that they can spend on the travel now. They can only spend 20,000 pounds. So they're going to have to find another way to get every single one of the players, every single one of the coaches, uh, the ball bags, the equipment, everything to live without overspending on that. So that is something huge that isn't being talked about enough. But with that, it has great implications on Chelsea, the squad, the manager, the players. You have to feel for the manager, for Tuchel and the players, because they can't control any of this. It's just the this is all made by the UK government because they want to uh, hurt uh, what's going on with Russia, Abramovich, and Putin? They essentially want to take a stab at uh, Putin through his buddy, buddy pal Abramovich. Um, so you have to feel for the players, the coaches, the staff, everybody. But it's it's crazy that it's come to this. I truly was shocked when I saw the news about it yesterday morning. Uh, yeah. Nick, what are your thoughts? No, I mean, I, I ultimately agree with you. Uh, I think we're obviously a horrible situation for, for the club. Uh, I do feel like, though, that uh, even though it's it's kind of doom and gloom, there is a situation where Chelsea can can get out of this potentially, right? So we, we know that, as you stated, Abramovich cannot make any profit off of sales for the club, right? So any money, any any sale that the UK government wants to uh, approve, he cannot get a single dime. And we also know that he was going to donate a uh, net profit, right? Whatever money he made off of the sale was going to get donated. So he was looking for money in actuality, just what, what basically what he paid for the club, he was looking for back. Yeah. And And with that being said, the the likelihood of a sale occurring becomes lower. Now, obviously, this is totally contingent on a situation that is not football related, right? But uh, can we see? It's March 11th right now. We're recording on March 11th. Can we see uh, Chelsea qualifying for the Champions League this year through the league? Right? We can probably. It's likely, despite everything going on. That is likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
uh, they'll they'll definitely likely get through to the quarterfinals, right? Where they will possibly lose depending on the draw. Uh, so they have that also in favor of them. So not a, I mean, a horrible season by Chelsea standards because we expected them to compete for the league. But with all the changes that occurred, uh, for them to qualify for the Champions League and and uh, for for the potential to go a little bit further in the Champions League this season, the results are not impacted for this season. Yeah. You, you could see it not being impacted for this season, right? So with that being said, that takes us to the January transfer window, right? Obviously... Uh, Christensen, I'm not sure if you saw, but he's already agreed to terms with Barcelona. Like he's going to go there in the summer. So he's gone. Uh, Rudiger and I forget who the other free agent is. They are, I think maybe Azpilicueta. I'm not sure. I think Azpilicueta, okay. I think Azpilicueta is also probably going to Barcelona, but I I have to double check that. Yes. yes. Uh, At At the moment, right? So, so really, Rudiger is the the only player that they were looking to to sign. But regardless of that, he is the the player that's most impacted based on the situation because they can't sign him, right? And they probably want to sign him. Uh, as far as this goes, though, in, in regards to transfers, which I think we both agree that's kind of like the most important thing here for them to to be able to like thrive as a club, to get extensions, to sign players and everything. I think that uh, having till June 1st, gives them a small window where if the situation resolves politically with Ukraine and Russia, then the sanctions could possibly be lifted for him, right? To be able to either make a sale or decide to keep the club for whatever reason. I mean, he's the owner, he can decide. So I think there is a small window where they can get out of this, right? Very small, very small right? Uh, but the likelihood of that happening, I have no clue, no clue. Right. We can't we can't measure how long this situation could take. It could take months. It could be resolved in years. Right. So we, we really don't know. Yeah. And, and also one thing I actually want to add to that, you make some really, really great points. But uh, if this continues up until the end of the Premier League season, Chelsea will be docked a certain number of points. Uh, I, I believe it was nine points that they can potentially be docked, meaning they have to go down nine points uh, from their league, uh, which could have huge implications for the Champions League spots. Because um, right now, I believe they're seven, two points ahead of Arsenal with uh, some games in hand. Or no, if Arsenal win the games in hand, they'll be two points back of Chelsea. Uh, they are seven points ahead of United, but they have one game in hand. Like, it's it's a possibility that if, Chelsea doesn't, or if Abramovich doesn't do anything to help Chelsea at the moment, he doesn't sell or do whatever, and this continues up until May, uh, yeah, it, it's looking like Chelsea could get a point deduction, which could have implications uh, outside of the current implications that they currently have, not being able to extend Rudiger, not being able to extend uh, Espilicueta, Christensen. Espilicueta and Christensen, they already knew that they were going to lose. It was, it's mainly Rudiger that he's been such an important part of the team ever since Tuchel came in. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's scary times for Chelsea fans, scary times for the club, uh, because not only is this going on, but potentially they're going to get a new owner that they don't know when that new owner is going to come in. 
And a lot of the prospecting new owners are American. And I mean, you don't want to, you, you see the history of American owners in uh, the Premier League. It is not the best. A lot of them have tried to make the Super League. A lot of them are more money hungry and not focused on winning trophies. So if I was a Chelsea fan, I would be slightly worried about that. But it's something to monitor and something to keep an eye on over the next few months, especially given, uh, like I mentioned, that point deduction has a huge implication on how much money Chelsea can get for the long term. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. The point deduction is something that will occur, you know, the following season if it's if it's to be applied. So that that could really? definitely, I believe so. Yeah, I, I don't believe they they uh, they can just tack it on at the end of the season. I, I it's. So the the situation I think about right is Derby County right they they went into administration as an example yeah. uh, it was during the season last year so they applied the points deductions to this upcoming season I Juventus uh, I'm pretty sure they were they were relegated but I don't think Chelsea will automatically get relegated right so so I uh, I just foresee uh, essentially the points deduction if it's to be applied to be applied the following season. Which, I mean, listen, if you're in a league as competitive as the, the Premier League, they're going to have to be, you know, an incredible, like Chelsea, Manchester City levels of, uh, not Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City levels of good to even qualify for the Champions League next year with the point deduction, right? So, so, so the likelihood of them qualifying for the Champions League the following season is, is unlikely. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'm reading that it would be for this season. It would be okay. That's interesting to me because I have, uh, I don't recall a situation like that happening other than Juventus just automatically being relegated, right? Yeah. So, so if that's to be applied, then I mean, I guess Arsenal's in, and then I guess it's it's Manchester United, West Ham, and Tottenham vying for that fifth spot. I don't Even know. Chelsea can still get in with that nine point deduction. Oh really? Yeah. That's interesting to me. I guess Chelsea could get in too. I don't know. I um, if the point deduction applies, then it's going to be tight, and I may sway in your favor. But I'm just assuming that there there won't be right, and it's gonna it's gonna be hard to tell. It's gonna be hard to tell because this is not something that was in their control. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with them. I'm I'm interested to see their situation. They're probably the most talked about football club in the world right now. Of course. Yeah, even people who aren't interested in football know what's going on with Chelsea. It's it's one of the biggest news stories going on because it has implications outside of the football world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has really uh, no impact on the title race because Chelsea, we assume, are out of it, right? But in terms of the top four race, this is, this is going to be something that we want to also pay attention to. What a segue, Nick. Oh, you're so good at that. What was that? What a segue into the title race. So good, right? (laughs) Oh, man. Liverpool, Man City, they're just both in dominant form right now, especially Liverpool winning their last five, except for Champions League, of course, uh, in the league, winning their last five. City winning the last four of their five. Pure dominant, pure domination on Sunday against Manchester United. Liverpool with the one 0 victory against West Ham. Uh, it, honestly, the one blip in Man City's last five games is Spurs. Like what? <laughs> Spurs always somehow get 
uh, get results out of City. But, man, it's going to be a tight race. Right now, uh, City are at 69 points with a 50-goal differential. Liverpool are at 63 points with a 51-goal differential. However, Liverpool have a game in hand. So, if Liverpool win that game in hand, they'll be three points back of City. And it's going to go to deadline day. Uh, Sorry, not deadline day. Uh, Match week 38, uh, championship day. It's going to be tight. Like... I, who would have thought three months ago in January, where, January 11th, where City were up, I think it was 20 or so points, that we'd be in this situation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have a, Liverpool has that, that game of hand and the, the more goal difference, and it's so interesting. If you look at the top four, really, like they've been crushing it in terms of form. I know Chelsea's got a lot going on, but in terms of the league, you know, them and Arsenal have taken – what is it, like 13 points out of 15? Manchester uh, City's taking 12 out of 15. Liverpool's taking 15 out of 15. I just think it's uh, it's incredible to see, like, these four teams, right, and despite whatever's happening with Chelsea outside, these four teams have been eye test and results-based. Yes. Four best teams. Yeah, I- I'm with you. I-, I-, I can't say anything. I mean, you have to give credit to Mikel Arteta. Arsenal look very good. Uh, not even even the fixtures that they're playing. It's like they're difficult matchups. Uh, and even when they're down, they're not down and out. So like we talked about a couple of weeks ago with that Wolves game, when we were recording during that Wolves game, they were down 1-0. 75th, 80th minute, they come back and they win it 2-1. Just uh, really kudos to Arteta um, to get the team into where they are now. And Doing that with a lot of young players, you have to give a lot of credit to him. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, they played, they they scored like three ridiculous goals uh, last weekend against Watford, and then playing Leicester without Jamie Vardy this weekend. So uh, you know they should be able to take advantage of that game and uh, rack up, continue to rack up the points. I mean, they're they're going to play Liverpool in a couple of weeks. We'll find out. That's a good. That's a good uh, barometer test for them, right? To see how well they do. Not in a couple of weeks, actually. Like next Wednesday. So, yeah. so on the 16th they play. That's going to be an awesome game that both of us are going to probably want to watch to see how well they perform. Uh, I mean, Lucas, do you feel like Liverpool will end up winning the title? Because I still feel like Manchester City has it. I I agree with you. I think Manchester Manchester City still has it. But it all will come down to the well, April 10th. It'll all come down to that that game. Yeah. Other than that, though, right? That's the only hard game left on their schedule. You know, they have Crystal Palace, Brighton, Burnley, Wolves, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Aston Villa, and then Liverpool is the only like game that you look at and you're like, oh, like they they could actually lose that game. Whereas yeah. Liverpool, in terms of who they play, right? They have they have uh, Arsenal. I mean, they'll, they'll have to play Manchester United at some point. You know, I know that that game's postponed. They have to play Tottenham. So, so even they, Everton, despite the like relegation battle that they're in, Everton and Liverpool always battle it out. It's always yeah, a tough game. The Merseyside Derby, yeah. So, I mean, there's really, like, four games that you could look at for for Liverpool in the league where you're like, oh, like, this is going to be a tough game for them because they're playing uh, essentially, like, a, a top six top six side, 
right? And uh, yeah. I mean, Manchester City also plays West Ham, so I'll give definitely credit to West Ham as well. That's going to be a tough game for them too. Uh, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, but ultimately, Man City is is going to be in our eyes the the winner. Newcastle is not going to get relegated. We uh, said this though. We said this. Did you see the goal that Bruno, Bruno scored? I yesterday? did not. Oh my God! A backheel volley. I want to see this game winner. It was unreal, Lucas. Disgusting. I mean, it was in the box, right? But disgusting, yeah. disgusting. And I, I actually bet Newcastle on the tie no bet to win this game. Wow. Plus, wow. saw it. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah, I, I bet Newcastle to win it at plus one seventy for a tie no bet. Great bet, in my opinion. They they. Yeah. Crushed it, crushed it, um, but they—they've been on—they've been, you know, one of the five best and most informed teams so far in the league, and they're definitely not going to get relegated. Everton and Leeds, just all they do is lose, man, and it's—it's it's crazy to me to see. I just ultimately feel like I, if I could relegate four teams this season, I would. Yeah. I, right. I don't feel like Burnley's in that. I don't feel like they're just as bad as Everton and Leeds have been. Everton, Leeds, Watford, and Norwich are the four teams that I would relegate. Uh, I mean, Everton, they still are at 22 points with 25 games played. I think it's more so Leeds. 28 games played, 23 points. They've lost their last five. I know. They, I, uh, even their goal differential is second worst in the league. Yeah. Like, horrendous. And Jesse Mar- Marsh has come in and done nothing they lost to Aston Villa they lost to Leicester hey I did say bet on Leicester money line last week yeah we'll get into that we'll get into that uh but they <laughs> not even like losing they're losing in dominant fashion like three nothing to uh Aston Villa one nothing to uh Leicester like it's it's sad to see but it seems Leeds are going to get relegated. Okay. Everton still have three games in ahead in against Brentford and Leeds. So okay. if they win two of those games, they'll be ahead of Brentford. But again, they're in the worst form of their life right now. And Frank Lampard hasn't done anything. Lucas, so they, they have to win some games here because I'm just going to read you the teams that they play uh, for the rest of the, for the rest of the season, not counting uh, some of their postponed games, I'm just going to give you the top. I will okay. let you know if they win, draw, or lose. Okay, they play Wolves. Draw. Okay, Newcastle. Loss. West Ham. Loss. Manchester United. Loss. Liverpool. Loss. <laughs> Chelsea. Loss. Uh, Crystal Palace and, and Watford have been postponed, so that's why I'm not counting them. Leicester okay, City. Watford, Watford win. Crystal okay. Palace, I can, I can see them pulling off a, a victory. Okay, I, I think they'd probably draw with Crystal Palace, but I agree, they should beat Watford. Yeah. Uh, Leicester City. Loss. Okay. Uh, Brentford. Win. Okay, I see that too. I see a win being possible for them. Arsenal. Loss. So, so think about that. How many, you know, like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams, seven really tough teams that they have to play. 
And I mean, you're you're expecting them to, I think, get a draw or possibly beat Wolves, which uh, the better say is likely than Wolves winning. Uh, but I can see them losing against Wolves too, right? So that's a. My point is just that that's a such a tough schedule for them. Such a tough schedule. You're not wrong. You're no. really not wrong. But also, I can see them because they haven't had healthy players. Dominic Calvert Lewin is coming back. He is. He's back already. You know, no. but he's got to pick up the form. You're right. Yeah, so they have players coming back healthy. I don't know, man. I can see them pulling off victories against Wolves and Newcastle because they're home. I can see them winning against Watford. So let's say that's nine points right there. I can see them beating Crystal Palace 12 points. And then Brentford 15 points. Okay. So in, in history, they're currently on 22 nope. points. We're assuming they get 15 points. So that's 37 points, right? They'll survive with that much if they get there. They should survive. Should. Because last year, 17th place had 39 points. Okay. That's so interesting because I feel like the the, the teams this year, like I don't feel like the the points amount is going to be that much to to be safe. I think teams will probably need like 32 to 35 points to be able to to make it and survive relegation. I don't know if that's... I'm with you. I agree with that. It's... Mind blowing, like, but it's there's a huge distinction between the top four right now and the bottom four right now, or bottom five. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And uh, with that being said, right, I think it's time to get into our favorite segment. Oh man, I love it. Last week we went on fire, you know, NBA jams like when you're heating up and you start making everything, that was us. We were on fire. So last week, I had Leicester City versus Leeds, money line, minus 130. I had Roma, draw no uh, money line with the draw no bet, minus 115, two for two. Nick, what did you have? Uh, I had the Arsenal-Liverpool parlay, and I believe I uh, – I can't remember. Did I bet Newcastle in that time? I have to double check. But uh, both my bets hit, so – we we did really well and it was a good time. I I think and, you know four for four after going zero for four. Uh, I gotta say I also bet on Newcastle again with the tie no bet uh, against Brighton at plus one seventy. I got that too. So just been nothing but uh, a nice clean run this week. Yeah yeah, clean clean. So when, can, let us get over to you. You start. Okay. So I already uh, actually placed my two bets for uh, for this weekend. My first bet is, um, I mean, I like it a lot. I have the, and I'm also kind of impatient, so I wanted to get results or find out how well I did on uh, Saturday so as soon as possible because, you know, you know, like the, the money that you make earlier or lose earlier, you can make adjustments based on that on how you do in the weekend, right? So. Uh, I have Bayern Munich, uh, Juventus money line parlay at plus 164. Uh, Juventus is playing Sampdoria, who's been horrible, and Bayern Munich is playing Hoffenheim, who is in fourth place. But Bayern uh, has only lost to them once in like five or six matches. They have blown them out in every other game, and uh, I just see I just see Bayern Munich winning in this one as well. Honestly, that that's fair because I I saw the Bayern minus one eighty. I'm like, why is it only minus one eighty for Bayern? Uh, and then I saw it was Hoffenheim. But then I also you just brought up that great point that Hoffenheim has only beaten them once in the last 
however many years. So yeah. that that's a great bet. Someone someone that always scores uh, against Bayern is uh, Kramaric for Hoffenheim. So I think that's probably why like the odds are so low. He's like he scored uh, you know twenty five goals last season in all competitions. He's been really like out of form this year. He only has six. That's like the lowest uh, total he's had in I think like six seven years. You know, other than that, he's put up at least double figures every single time. So I just see, uh, I just see, I just see that Bayern winning this one, no matter what happens. You know, they thrash, they thrash uh, Salzburg, and then they they go to play, uh, they go to play a team in fourth place. So they're gonna want to give it to them. All right, I like it. My first one, it's uh, it's a consistent one. Man City over ten and a half corners. Well, it's it's not just Man City. It's it's the total game. Man City versus Crystal Palace over ten and a half corners. I mean, it just continues to hit, man. Even against Man United, they had fourteen corners. Uh, against, uh, I, I want to say against Sporting, they probably had so many corner kicks. Like it was nine corners against Sporting, and it was a zero-zero game, and it was the backup players like. City has had seven corners. Like, I don't get it. It's minus 104. So it's essentially even money. Yeah. And you expect City to dominate. And you also expect Crystal Palace to do fairly decently uh, on the counter. Because they have some rapid players uh, who can flip the switch and try to get some corners on their end. So that's my first one. I think that's a really good bet. Uh, I mean, I know you have uh, Everton winning this weekend, but I actually picked Wolves to win. So yeah. I, I picked Wolves to win by the money line at plus 240. Uh, so that's 15, 15 bucks basically to win 51 is what I, what I placed. And uh, I mean, listen, I think Wolves are so organized and I don't see any uh, – and they're defensively really sound. I don't see any real – talent or flaws with Everton like their midfield to me is slow yeah uh, and I just think I just think their their defense uh is not good like really just not good and not fun to watch R- Richarlson and Calvert-Lewin are obviously two top class players that if they were to get relegated or if they were to sell in the summer and not get relegated they would easily make at least 60 to 70 million pounds uh combined for both of them at least right minimum like, yeah Minimum, minimum. I mean, you think just on average, probably like a hundred million pounds is really kind of like the closer, closer value to them. Uh, but other than that, there's no one else that I look at that I, I even like on their team. And I just think that with that being said, uh, I, I favor Wolves. I want to give you the, uh, the tie no bat or the, or the double chance odds. But if you uh, want to give your fourth, uh, go ahead. All um, right. My second. Our fourth, our fourth, or your second. Our, so. our yeah, uh, my next one is uh, Villa have been on a huge goal streak. They've just been banging in goals left and right. Uh, West Ham have also been scoring goals left and right. So uh, last week they did lose 1-0 to Liverpool, but of course Liverpool defensively are just so sound. So this is pretty much an even money play. This is plus 100, West Ham, Aston Villa, over two and a half goals. You expect a 2-1 game. Maybe three nothing game three one, two and a half goals over. Lock it in. I like that. Uh, so just uh, just for your your sake uh, and and the people listening, Wolves and draw for double chances minus one seventy five. Ty no bet for Wolves is plus one thirty eight. And also the odds for Ty no bet are so much closer. 
Uh, for Everton, it's minus 162. For Wolves, it's plus 138. So a lot closer than what the uh, the three result odds are, right? Yeah. But I, I just think that I just think that this has got to be Wolves to me. I don't know. Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. And then also the last last West Ham's uh, Aston Villa game was four one for West Ham. And yeah. I think if I remember correctly, I did say to bet on West Ham Aston Villa over two and a half goals at that time, and it hit in the first half. Yeah, I also I want to give I want to give some of the people listening some of the bets I also hit on. Uh, I got Philip uh, Philippe Coutinho anytime goal scorer against Leeds at plus three hundred. That was really juicy. Um, and then. Uh, Another one that I placed for for today, actually, because I'm also impatient, is uh, Zhao Felix anytime goal scorer at plus 160. Uh, so I mean, he listen, he he does he only has five goals in La Liga, but but he scored uh, two goals like last match day, I think, against Betis, and then yeah. he scored again also. Uh, you know, he scored basically in uh, two of the last three games in La Liga. So I just uh, hoping that he's going to score again. Uh, Kermaric is plus 150. I didn't bet that, but I'm thinking about it. And then Vlahovic is plus 105 against uh, Sampdoria. So that's also interesting. I like that. I like that. Um, I have a third one, but now that I'm looking at it, I don't know if I trust it. Okay. So I'm not going to say it. But if you have a third one, given that the Champions League is coming up, if you feel confident in it. Uh, ooh, what's my boy? Uh, holler anytime goal scorer. Is that what you were thinking about? No, no, no. He's like minus 160, actually. Oh, oh, no, they're not available yet. I checked. It's not available yet. Okay. I mean, he would be someone I'm interested in betting. Uh, I think you were probably looking at Ronaldo anytime goal scorer, maybe, yeah. or you were thinking about results, right? Because, uh, no, I was actually looking at something completely different because. I'm looking at the Premier League and I'm seeing Leeds versus Norwich and Leeds are minus 175 for some reason, even though they're in horrendous form. So I was looking at Norwich, tie no bet at plus 340. Interesting. I Oh, that's that's good odds. But I think Leeds uh, should win that game, honestly, even though they're in horrible form. Norwich is uh, not good. And if there's any team that they should beat this season, like a game that they have to win, it's that one. It's the same thing for Everton and Wolves. I just... Th- I just think uh, Wolves is too good, yeah. even if they're at home. And uh, Wolves have lost a couple of games, I think, so they they kind of want to get this game. You know, they lose to Arsenal the way they did, right? And then, uh, oh, yeah, they smashed Watford 4 nothing, yeah. right? So, so I just expect them to beat Everton as well. Okay, no, I do have one now. I okay. do have one. Chelsea minus 110 against Lille, money line. Okay, that's good. Ten, I'm. Uh, huh? What? Like, I, I just don't know about that. And I mean, they won two nil. They just beat Norwich three one. They're in good form. Tuchel is gonna ensure they just get another victory, scrape one out. Minus one ten. Those odds seem really good. Yeah, I agree with you. I like that too. Uh, I I don't see Lil winning this game. I just see it beating. Either a draw or Chelsea winning, like one nothing yeah. or two nothing or something like that. So I agree. Ultimately, uh, I think Lucas, we crushed it today. Crushed it. Is there uh, anything else you want to add or? No, no. I think uh, we had some really good topics today. Uh, I want to see how long it. Oh wow, we've been going for over an hour here, Nick. 
We've been crushing yeah. it with, the, with our conversations, but really good topics this week. I mean, we've had so much to talk about. There's so much we we really wanted to talk about, and uh, I just think I just think it's uh, it's important to to go into the things that we actually really like, you know. And yeah. uh, the PSG owners want to keep Mbappe at all costs, so I don't know how much they're going to try and offer this guy. I don't think money really matters. Uh, but yeah, also Eddie Howe wins Premier League uh, uh, Manager of the Month, so good for him. Shout out for him. He kind of deserves it, honestly. He does. He's been an incredible. Like he is really revamped this uh, Newcastle side. Before we go, right? Uh, I, I just wanted to touch on the Real Madrid PSG game and Benzema a little bit quickly. Uh, Benzema became the third all-time goal scorer for. For Real Madrid behind Raul and Cristiano Ronaldo. He's only 14 goals behind Raul. Uh, I think he'll probably get it this season. But I mean, like he has been one of the legendary players for the club. He didn't get the respect he deserved in the beginning. The love for him has gotten like so high over the last couple of seasons and he fully deserves it. The game that he had, even though PSG collapsed, uh, sets him in the history of like Champions League glory for Real Madrid and also in the Champions League itself's history, right? Benzema scoring a hat trick against PSG to literally like win through that fixture is like the same thing as Ronaldo's Juventus against Atletico Madrid, the hat trick he scored to, to take him through like the quarterfinal like however many years ago. And uh, the last thing I want to add is it's Benzema, it's Lewandowski, and it's Holland, and that's probably it for the list of the top three strikers. Do you consider Mbappe a striker? No, I consider him a winger. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Those three. Oh, mm, mm. Uh, I'm I'm really contemplating because Harry Kane is still he's, Harry he's Kane's been good. Harry Kane's been good. He's form. About. He's picking up form. He could be the fourth. I'll put him in the four for sure. He is the fourth. He is the fourth. But I think those four. Or it's here above everybody else. 100% agree. 100% yeah. agree. And All with right. that being said, we hope they hit some techers this weekend. <laughs> we hope we get to enjoy it. Yes, there you go. We hope you guys all enjoy them techers. Every single day there's a game. You have Friday with the Letty. Saturday, Sunday with the leagues. Monday with Man City. You have the Champions League Tuesday and Wednesday and Europa League on Thursday. What more can you ask for a soccer game every single day? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, Atletico is going to be the, the one that, that I'm excited to see because I bet on that game. Would you say that our boy Bruno had a tecker yesterday with that goal? Yeah, 100%. Top. Yeah. Did you see, before we go, did you see uh, Ruben Nevis' goal? The no, chip? You got to look it up. It's, uh, it's like Eric Ruben Nevis' goal? He he ch- he chipped the keeper from outside the box. Just kept no. okay, uh, it's filthy. Every esque. Yes. Every goal he scores is a great goal. It is. It is. He's filthy. I'm trying to find it. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Once you find that, we'll conclude the podcast. Oh, it's taking a while. Oh wait. I think I found it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh my days. Yeah, that is legit Eric Cantona. That's genius. Filthy, filthy. Oh my, bro, he's so good. He is. I, hope, I, I, hope I want him in my midfield. I, I agree totally. I agree totally. And with that being said, 
We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll see you guys next week.